Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I want to give us two verses to kind of set the frame and the context of what we're going to talk about today. But Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says this, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper comparable to him. Now typically, when in church we talk about that, we read this at weddings or we talk about this in marriage, but the reality is that Adam was one and God said that one is not good. It's not good. And, and, and here's the, the, let me set the, the preface. He, man was in the garden connecting with God, having responsibility. I mean, a lot of us think that, well, all I need is God. Well, God proved that that's not all you need. Because that's exactly what Adam had. Adam had a one-on-one meeting with the Father and walked with God in the cool of the day. But God said, that is not, check, listen to this, that's not good. And typically, depending on what background of church you came from, we have people running to only God, only me and God, only me and God, only me and God, except for it was already like that in the garden. And God said, you need me, but you need someone else. You need both. And so today, my, 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 my assignment is the house does life. You may have seen this on social media where we hashtag the house does life. Why are we doing that? Because we want to let people know that that Sunday morning is not all there is to what God is doing here. It's just a component. It's just a component. And it's like, you know, it's so funny. I kind of have this, uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to say addiction. I'm going to say infatuation with, with seven brew coffee. And so I went to go get a seven brew coffee. And it was amazing because now I'm on first name basis with this lady uh, who does this. And she's like, oh, Stephen, hey, have you tried anything else we have? And I'm like, no. I gave her this look like, get behind me. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? Like, why would, why would I, if it's not broke, girl, don't fix it. You know, and she's like, but we have so many other options. And I thought, oh, that's our church. If you only come on Sunday, you, our white chocolate mocha's hot, baby. But you may, you may, does that make sense? You, you may be missing the other components of, of, of the menu that God wants to use, come on, to grow your life. Everybody needs a coffee? Come on. We're gonna have, listen, Hebrews chapter 10, 24 says this. Let us be connected about one another in order to promote love and good works. Not sh- staying away from worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. There is a reason why we come together. Somebody needs some encouragement. Someone needs some prayer. Someone needs some motivation. Someone needs a high five. Come on, have you ever tried to celebrate by yourself? I mean, some of y'all can get it done because you're really extrovert, sanguine people, but really it's a whole lot easier, funner, better to high five like actual... Flesh. Win five, win five. You know, I mean, the truth is we were created for connection. 
The house exists, and our purpose is for people to meet the Father, accept forgiveness. We, we, we want people to find freedom, get focused, and we want them to fuel their purpose. And one of the ways that we do that is through life groups. Through life groups. We feel like an intentional way to see some of this done is by being a part of a life group. And so here's the deal. My hope is that you're not here for long and you feel alone. Alone. And so I want to talk about four decisions that will help you do life in life groups. Four decisions that I think will help you do life. And I know that there are many that attend life groups. And I'm happy to say, we, we this season of life groups, we have the most sign-ups that we've ever had. Come on, come on. That shows growth and maturity for us. We, we, we have the most people invested. And I want to give four decisions that will help you do life in life groups. The first is this. Decide today to pray where and not should. Many times we go to God and we begin to pray about things that God's like, I've already answered that question. Praying about certain things are not necessarily the prayer that we should be praying. There are certain things that we don't need to pray about. I don't need to pray, God, should I watch porn today? There are some things that we don't need to pray. God, do you want me in any type of community? No, I want you isolated. I want you beat up by the devil. I want you doubting yourself. I want you depressed. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. What? It's more about God. I'm praying about where you want me than if I should engage. The prayer is where? Many times we begin to pray about God, things that God's clearly set up, and there are countless reasons why we pray. We pray to, to, to know God, who are you connecting me with? Where do you want me to be? What, what, what is, what, where are you directing me? I'm not saying that we don't pray, but we don't pray should. We pray where? We, we pray where? And we're careful not to over-spiritualize the should. You know, I, I saw this in Numbers chapter 22, and I'm not, we're not going to turn there just for the sake of time because I, I have a lot of content I want to get to. But Numbers chapter 22 is the story of Balaam. And, and if you don't know the story of Balaam, basically here it is. Balaam was someone who had the power to bless and curse nations. And so Israel has come out of Egypt, and the king of Moab sees Israel just running the table and destroying people. And so he gets all of his elders together and they go and they try to convince Balaam to curse Israel. And they send dignitaries and elders and riches and money. And they, and they come in and they, they build him up. And they say that the, the presentation is, we know whoever you curse will be cursed and whoever you bless will be blessed. And they, they, they build up his pride. And so Balaam says, okay, well, let me go pray about it. And he goes in and he goes to pray about it. And, and this is God's. This is God's response to Balaam. In Numbers chapter 22, verse 12, it says, You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. Okay? 
But done, right? That, that done. So the, the dignitaries go back. The king sends more money, more people, more prestige, and they come back and they ask him again. And, they, and here's what Balaam said. Well, let me pray about it. What are you? You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. What, 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 what now do we need to talk about? Well, maybe God changed his mind. God does not change. He stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why are we praying, come on, about something that God has already designed? And so here's what happened. Just to give you the, end, the, the cliff note version is God said, go with them. Do what you want to do. And so Balaam's like, God said yes. It's like a child that talked their parent into more TV. You know, <laughs> I wore him down. And there was an angel in the, in the road with a sword drawn, ready to cut off Balaam's head because God was frustrated that Balaam didn't listen. My point is this, that God will allow you to do what you want because he's given you authority. But that doesn't mean that we're lining up with his word. You hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that we're lining up with him. And so the Bible, all throughout the Bible, calls us stiff-necked people. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not, I know you. You're not, of course. But, but, but the Bible calls us that. And so here's the thing. We don't pray should. We pray where? Everyone needs communion. Everyone needs life-giving people. Everyone needs friends. Everyone needs people in their lives that will not lead them into compromise. This is something that I don't need to pray about. I need to invest in. What I begin to pray about is when I start having friendships, God, help me see the fruit of this relationship. That's what I pray. God, help me because I can be manipulated by how I feel about someone and I can begin to like them and I can miss what's being produced in my life because we are who we hang around. We are who we hang around. I'm not saying we don't pray. I'm just saying there are things that we do pray and there are things that we shouldn't, but, what, but, but should is not the prayer. Listen, every one of us need a Paul and a Barnabas, and a, and a Timothy. Every one of us need someone to challenge and pour into our life. Everyone needs someone to walk with. Just a friend. They, I'm just hanging with these people. They, they may teach me, but they're not, they're not giving me lessons. They're just walking with me. And I'm learning because of the life that they're going through. I'm, I'm not like submitted to them. I'm just walking with them. And, and I see them do something, and, and it challenges me. i got to be honest. My boy J.W. be spending his whole paycheck on flowers. Okay? Every two weeks. This dude's getting flowers for his wife. And I'm like, okay. Pastor, you're going to step it up. I ain't having Jade. I'm not, there's a little bit of competitiveness in me. Okay? And so she about three, three posts ahead of my wife. I'm going to have to get some flowers up in this piece. You know, the reality, there is, when you're walking together, there is, that should happen. The Bible says you should be pushed and promoted to good works. And then everybody needs someone to sow into. Everything that God has given you is not for you. It's for the people who are come through you. And so you have a lot of scars but those scars should be moments where you can sit down and talk to people. Just the other day, I was talking to one of our older women about 
some adversity that had happened back in their life a couple years ago. Man, I was just, I was just challenged. Like, there's some stuff that Katie and I are going through with one of our daughters, but, but I'm like challenged to rise up higher because people don't quit. And they don't give in and they don't let the devil beat them up and they don't let the devil win. And the reality is this, everything in you may want to quit, but I'm telling you, the people that you're around, the culture that you're around, you need someone pouring into you, you need someone walking with you, and you need to be able to pour into someone. Don't waste what God's given you. Don't waste it. The second thing is this, decide today to work on your schedule. Decide today to work on your schedule. You know, it hurts me to see a family or a young adult or a student to, to, to feel like they're alone in this church. Of course things come up. We, there's a few families that we've been trying to get together for four months. You know what I'm saying? And every time we plan a date, some, one of our kids is sick, one of their kids, I mean, it's, it, it, it happens. We have schedules and work conflicts. And, 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 and as our kids get older, our life tends to not be as much in our control and and. But I'm not giving up. We don't, we don't get together. I just, we don't, we don't give up. James chapter 1 says a double-minded man is unstable in all of their ways. And here's what I want to tell you. The enemy is a strategist. And he comes in like a flood. And he comes in in your weakest moment. And his screams and his lies, and he's manipulative. And he wants to send you into confusion. And the enemy is always trying to sever our connections. Always. Our connection with Jesus through compromise. Our connection through church because of preference. Our connection of responsibilities because we're tired. And our connection to life-giving relationships because we're busy. You know what I'm saying? We tend to move by degrees. And so you may have gone by a bank and not thought, I'm going to rob that today. But here's the deal. Just because you haven't had that thought today doesn't mean that thought is impossible. You may, have not, you may not have thought, today I'm going to have an affair. But just because you haven't had that thought today does not mean that that thought is not available. Does this make sense? And so we want to make sure that the enemy does not come in and, and sever the connections that God has put in our life. When you're committed to your group, relationships begin to form. And I can tell you, well, I tried to do life groups. Okay, but if we were to measure it, you came twice out of four months. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think anybody who plays in the Super Bowl today practices twice in a season. Does it, does it make sense? And so here's the thing. Life groups are an opportunity. They are not a guarantee. They're an opportunity for you to invest and make friendships and do. They're an opportunity. And here's the deal. I realize that we have people driving, living 30, 40 minutes away. And all I know is, I don't know. Maybe we need to start a life group out there. I don't know. And there is, there, there is no box to this. But I'm willing, I believe in this. Because here's the deal. I have been shifted 
in my thinking on Sunday morning, but I've been discipled at a table. And this component is huge for the church. There's an old saying that the grass grows where you water it. And I want to challenge you to work out your schedule and do that. Number three, come on, somebody, is this good? You're going to have to decide to risk. You're going to have to decide to risk. Isolation is a bigger risk than being defeated You have a bigger risk of being defeated because of isolation than you do because of the risk of making a relationship. I'm going to say that again because I can even confuse myself. Listen, isolation happens, but you have a bigger risk of being defeated because of isolation than you do because of a relational investment. If you're around relationships, there's a risk. There's a risk. What if they hurt me? What if they don't like me? What if, they, what if, I, what if I'm socially? What if I, what, and there's all of these risks and these components. But I can tell you that the risk of isolation is worse. Because here's the deal. We know what will happen there. We know what will happen. Not everyone who hears the life group announcement is yearning for more relationship. Your desire to grow has to be more powerful than your desire to be comfortable. What's the resistance? Come on, let's be honest. Let's just pull it up to the table. What's the resistance? Is the resistance busyness? Is it rejection? Is it people not fully understanding you? Is it someone not agreeing with you? Is it personality conflicts? Is it preference? You know what I'm saying? I went to this and I just didn't like how they let it. Okay, but here's the deal. They opened their home. They cooked a meal. They were intentional. The house was clean. And it was their first year to ever lead a life. Do we all grow? Does God call the talented or does God call the faithful? You hear what I'm saying? And if we're not careful, we'll demand that everyone act like a pastor. I've been doing this for 25 years. I mean, the the truth is, we're just going to come in and we're going to do, and someone may tell a joke and you may get it and laugh and they may tell a joke and it's all, boom, I love that they try. You know what I mean? We We just love the fact that people are investing and doing whatever they need to do because they don't have to. They can lock their doors. They can watch Netflix. But the very fact that they're taking off a Saturday or taking off a Wednesday or opening their home means I am trying to love you with all of my flaws. Come on. Let's go. We got a risk. Is it fear? Is it pressure? Loving people is always risky. I mean, think about Jesus picking 12 men to walk with him, and they all abandoned him. All of them abandoned him. In Matthew 26, verse 31 through 32, look at this, King James Version. It says, then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will scatter. But after I've been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Jesus knew that the humanity of men was no reason to hide from them. We all have humanity. But 
that should not make us isolate and hide ourselves. That should make us do life because here's the deal. God has something in them and God has something in you and it helps. Come on. It helps us live mission-minded. I, I want to talk a little bit. I, I want us to look at this. There are cycles of relationship. And many of you have heard me talk about this, but go ahead and put that image up there. I, I want you to see something. When, it's amazing when people come to our church or come to a life group and they begin to connect with us. And, oh, uh, man, this church. Th- I can't tell you how many times I've heard it in two years. Oh, this church. I'm tell- Y'all really love Jesus like all the other churches don't. You know what I'm saying? This, uh, you guys really preach. The, you guys, uh, your worship, nobody in Northwest Arkansas. I appreciate that. We appreciate that. But the truth is we connect and we like it, and it moves to romantic, and it's like, oh, this is the greatest place. We're posting. I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. I love my church. But then reality hits. Come on. Oh, the pastor isn't perfect. The pastor occasionally speeds in his truck. He was a real man of God. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Katie, you know, Katie, the pastor's wife. I mean, she looks, you know, innocent, but. <laughs> you know, those life group leaders, you know, they, they have people leading life group that, you know what? I, I watch some of their Facebook posts and you would act like they're not even saved. We all have a reality. And here's the deal. I know. I didn't want to produce a church that people were going to be transformed by the inside out and we're going to take steps because the steps of the righteous are ordered by God. And here's the deal. Where you find us today, we won't be there next year. We're going to be growing. We're going to be changing. I'm going to be giving up something. I'm going to be pressing in. I'm going to be getting healing. I'm going to be getting conversation. I'm going to have an older man speaking to my life and say, hey, why is this, why, why is this part of my life jacked up? And we're going, to, we're going to fix it. We're going to pray and we're going to work it through. And I'm going to be more healthy every year. But the reality is if you're expecting to come here and find a great church, you will. But if you are coming here to find a perfect church, you won't. Because we're all working it out. Oh, that pastor, sometimes he says, he promises things, and he said that, and he, everybody. You've never done life. See, here's the deal. There's a difference between just navigating real life, come on, and being someone who doesn't want to live with and what you're going to find here is people who want to live with integrity. Okay, you guys go ahead and just see what this is. Listen, if we're not careful, reality. And here's the deal. Reality will always lead you to a response. And here's what I've seen countless times is that when we meet reality, we have a response. And many times, people start this relationship all over again. And here's the thing. And I'm not trying. What's up, man? How are you? <laughs> But I see people, listen, doing this over and over again, hoping to find the church that they can fit in over and over again in their relationships, over and over again. And here's the thing. 
is God did not call you to attend. He called you to bear fruit. And so you're going to have to find the reality and decide where can I stay? Where can I stay? Does this make sense? For us to do life is always going to be a challenge. The last thing that I want to say is this. We've got to decide to carry life. When you go to a life group, you carry life. You carry life. Romans 14, verse 7 and 8 says this, For none of us live to himself, and no one dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We're the Lord's. We decide to carry life. And we make that decision. And here's what I want to say is when you go to a life group, come ready. Come ready to have fun. Come ready to invest. Come ready to see people. Come ready to live missional. Come ready to be a part. Don't come. Oh, I hope that they want me here. We had it. The door wasn't locked when you showed up. We expected people to come. So go ahead and change your mind and be like, they want me here. And here's the deal. We don't have time to start at level one. Jump in and start at level 10. Just act like we're friends. I remember when I started the church, I was nervous about this. I was nervous about this. And I said, called up one of the older pastors, one of my overseers. And I said, man, I got, I'm having a problem. He goes, what is it? He goes, a lot of people want to be my friend. I just don't know if I, I trust everybody. I just don't know. And he goes, Steve, why don't you just act like everybody's your friend until they prove that they can't? And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it changed my perspective. Here's the thing. Why don't we just act like everybody likes us till we read a post that they don't? <laughs> I'm just... <laughs> I love it. Over the last couple weeks, I've seen people celebrate birthdays, job promotions, exercise together, go see movies, play card games, play games, go eat lunch, go to dinner, invite people over, run together, play basketball. I love that. Let me just say this one last thing and I got to go. Life groups are an addition to your spiritual life, but they are not a substitute. Your connection with Jesus is what makes all of this work. And, and I'm just telling you, people cannot have the pressure to make you happy. you you got to get your happiness and your fulfillment from the Lord, and you got to come ready to give. And I promise you, your life group experience will be incredible. But if you're coming for everybody to meet every one of your needs, then I'm telling you, that's something that we can't deliver. Because nobody can hold the weight of that. Our culture has reduced connection to pictures on social media and 280 type characters on Twitter. But God has so much more. And He wants to tell you that He loves you. He wants to impart into your life. So here's the call to ministry today. The first and greatest connection is to Jesus. And the second is, we need to pray over what's the thing holding you back. Because your life will change.
Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.